In this episode, producer Rachel Massey unpacks how music created with artificial intelligence will become more popular in the future. My name is FYM Fojo, and this is Unraveled. The song you're hearing was not written by a person. This song, as human as it may sound, was composed by a computer. And her name is Ava. Audio engineers and artificial intelligence experts are releasing tools like Computozer and MuseNet that help musicians, filmmakers, podcasters, and basically anyone who needs music, create music through machine learning. Grimes, a Canadian singer-songwriter and music producer, said in an interview with Times Magazine that she believes we're coming to the end of human art, that machines are going to do it better. But contestants in the AI song contest are proving that notion wrong. They're using AI to help push the boundaries of their own human creativity. The jury favorite, Listen to Your Body Choir, from Team Emojized, John Gillick, Max Savage, <laughs> Matt Sims, and Brody Jenkins wins the AI Song Contest 2021! Hi. I'm Rachel Massey, and on this episode, we're taking a look at how the use of artificial intelligence is going to open up new genres and avenues for creativity in the music industry. This is Max Savage, a music producer and filmmaker based out of San Francisco. He produced the song Listen to Your Body Choir for the winning team Emojized. at a school called Pure Mind in uh, San Francisco. And we had done a couple of tracks together that he had written and I had kind of produced and mixed and mixed engineer. And he just hit me up randomly and was like, hey, I'm gonna enter this AI song contest. The last one was a Eurovision contest. Are you interested? Um, and my buddy Matt Sims is also gonna join us. And I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. <laughs> this is weird, let's try it. When we entered, I really didn't think we were gonna win at all. Emojized, and 37 other teams, including Roboto Lab and Sound Obsessed, submitted songs for the second ever AI song contest. And even though this contest and the use of AI in music seems extremely new age, the concept of randomly generated music is old. Like Mozart old. In the 1700s, Johann Philipp Kernberger invented a popular new game, Musikalisches Würfelspiel, which translates to musical dice game. This game, kind of like AI, promised that anyone could be a composer. Here's how the game went. You would have a pair of dice, 
what is essentially a bingo card full of numbers and a key. Every number on your bingo card matches up with a bar of music on your key. All you had to do was roll the dice, find the number you rolled at the top of your bingo card, and choose a number from the column below it. Then, based on that number, you'd find the bar of music it represents in the key and add it to your composition. You do that enough times and boom, you would have a completely original piece of music. These musical dice games caught on big time. The next version, Ludus Melotheticus, was similar to the first game. You'd roll a number, follow the rules on your guide, and build a composition one note at a time. This game had a more complicated set of rules, so the outcome was much more random and pretty similar to the way AI works today. There is a kind of a rolling of the dice that happens during generation because it's just choosing randomly between like which note to turn on, et cetera. And it just keeps, keeps rolling. It's except it's like a, you can think of it as a 400 sided loaded die that it's rolling over and over and over. That's Dr. Sagiv Orr, a researcher at the Vector Institute for Artificial Intelligence. He's talking in a recent panel for the University of Toronto called AI as Foil. Sagiev trained his AI on hundreds of classical piano performances by Chopin and similar artists. He said the process is like a loaded die because each instruction is coded with a number and depending on what number you just rolled, different instructions become more likely. For example, if the AI just played a C, then notes in the C major chord, E and G, become more likely to come next. After the machine was fully trained, Sagiv told it to generate something statistically similar to Chopin. Here's what he got back. When he told the computer to do it again, he got this. These generated songs sound thoughtfully composed for a few seconds, but the longer they go on, the more disembodied they sound. This happens for a couple reasons. One is that there is no sense of direction. Humans write music that builds and wanes and builds and wanes. Computers don't. It's random. Another reason that the music sounds a bit inhuman is that, well, Sometimes they're just too damn hard to play. You can do one jump, 
but then to do a jump and then a few seconds later another jump and then a few seconds later another jump you could feel as a player i could feel the disembodiedness of it because no person would have done that but for artists in the fields today it may not matter if it sounds human or not the beauty may lie in the organic quality of the sound that an ai can produce paired with the inhuman sounds that it thinks to create. Participant of the AI song contest, Max Savage, said that making his AI song ended up not being about humanity at all. I actually found out that the AI would just create the most organic, crazy, weird sounds, um, weirder than the human sounds. So I actually had to like tone and kind of calm the AI down. Um, our direction for it changed where originally I thought that we were going to let the AI kind of um, take whatever we had from the human and, and turn it into something new. And the way we ended up doing it was that we treated the AI as the artist. And so the way I dealt with it was I was like, okay, what did the AI want to say? What did the lyrics it want to say? To take it back to the beginning of the songwriting process, we're taking it back all the way to 1961. We came up with the idea that we should base it on something kind of historical, because like, what's the root going to be? Like, what, what's the what's the nutrients we're going to feed into this thing? And so we found that the very first uh, recording was this of, of a uh, a computer voice, essentially, was the song Daisy Bell. Um, you know, the song Daisy. team wasn't allowed to use pre-existing songs, they fed the lyrics of Daisy Bell into an AI and asked it to tell them what it would write if it were up to the AI to continue writing verses to Daisy Bell. Max and the other members sifted through the output and chose the lyrics, Listen to your body choir, a lyric that makes just enough sense to work but not enough sense to be written by a person. They did the same thing with the melody and the rhythm, and they ended up with what is essentially a spacey, robotic part two of Daisy Bell, written by a computer. Their vocalist, Brody Jenkins, recorded her voice in the bathtub. They ran it into the AI, and here's Max's interpretation of what that sounded like. For example, it kept on making this weird sound, which is kind of like a kind of sound. And so I used that as my root note and built uh, a piano that would play using that as its source. And so then I could play, essentially I could play the AI's, sing, the AI's version of singing as Brody. 
After that, they let the AI interpret itself over and over again until they felt done. Then they had to make it sound poppy and palatable. And what I noticed was when the AI would kind of create these, these human sounds or emulate them, it would sound like it would sound like a distant ghost trying to be human. And so I think that some people, the early version was like kind of sad. And then I was like, oh, this is too sad, especially for a song contest, which is, you know, it's a popularity contest, to be honest. And I was like, it needs to be more pop. And since they had done Eurovision last time, I was like, there's no way to make this more pop than just put like a kick snare on it. You know? The process of creation is not going to be stifled by AI. The AI song contest and all its competing musicians proved that humans have the capacity to dig deeper and use AI as inspiration to create something that can't be artificially replicated. Max even said that if AI were to start pumping out top hits, no one would care about them. If every song on the radio sounds the same, there's nothing special about it. The music industry will always need humans to make even more unique music than before. I think I learned a lot about using chaos to create art um, and to create music because so much of it was a chaotic process, just going, okay, here comes a bunch of random stuff, you know. It will give you the weirdest ideas, like lyrics, like cars doing push-ups was one of our lyrics in our song. And we all thought that was... That was the AI trying to describe lowriders. Um, but it's just such a strange thing that like no one could ever, none of us could ever come up with that. Um, and even though cars doing push-ups is a silly example, it's still a good example of the kind of prompt that might lead someone to create a song with the essence of cars doing push-ups. And that song might be original and well-loved. Who knows? The world of AI and music is opening up new possibilities, new genres, and new ideas for the future. The band Yacht used AI in their album Chain Tripping. They fed an artificial intelligence their entire back catalog of music to produce an album that reflected on their careers as artists. The band Shadow Planet used Jukebox, an AI that auto-completes any audio you give it as a third collaborator on their album. This made their songs a strange mix of folk and electronica. Holly Herndon, a musician with a PhD from Stanford, made an AI musical collaborator that she calls Spawn, an AI trained on her own voice that can create music that reflects on the AI's huge capacity to learn and its limitations. None of these artists have seen AI as anything but a means to push music into new creative avenues and genres. Max hopes to see AI add to the creativity of humans by being kind of an assistant. 
you know, after, after, afterwards, I have ideas as to how I would love to use AI in the future, but the tools aren't there yet. Um, and I think AI could be very, very helpful for a lot of musicians, um, especially for musicians that are not technically minded. Unfortunately, right now, the musicians that are able to use it are the ones that are very technically minded. And that's kind of cool, but that's sort of, I don't know, that's very, I, I actually feel like those technical people could already dive into some of the technical problems with music and stuff like that. But the people that I know that are not technically minded, I feel like would benefit most from having some sort of an AI or some sort of an assistant that can help them translate their ideas. Like, for example, when an artist just sends an iPhone recording, just going, I want the bass to go, you know, it takes technical skills to then translate that into an actual bass doing that. And some musicians are so part of the real world that they don't want to be around a computer. They don't want to dive into that. Like, it just sucks the life of all their creativity. And um, I think if you had AI assist on that side, that's a place that's really wonderful and would allow a lot more people to create Like Max touched on, AI may make music more accessible to the average person so that you don't need to be a mix engineer or know how to sample music to make a song. You wouldn't even have to know how to play an instrument necessarily. This would open up doors for lots of new creatives with new ideas who can use AI as a tool to fill in the gaps in their own knowledge. AI has the potential to bring new people into the game. People who never thought they would be making music. And those people could achieve things that they never thought possible. Kind of like Max and the rest of Team Emojized. And I'm sitting on the Zoom, you know, and and I didn't know it was this big of an event. And so then they're like, okay, go to the green room. Okay, you know, this is all on Zoom. You're getting like sent around to these different rooms, and people have these nice backdrops, and they're all dressed up. And for me, it's like 7 a.m., but for them, it's like I don't even know what time it was. It was like 3 p.m., and everybody looks great, has professional cameras and everything. I'm just sitting there, you know, without a shower in my sweatpants. Um, and I was like, oh God, oh no, what am I doing? This is, oh God. And so um, they start announcing the different, um, the voting, and, um, they do like the audience votes, you know, and um, we, we had a decent amount, but we definitely weren't winning. Um, and then the judges voted and they all gave us a perfect 10. And I was just like, what? Us? You know, it was like, what? And like, and the winner is, hey! And then they suddenly I'm on the screen and I'm sitting there in my sweatpants and they're like, get up and dance! Because you won! And I was like, oh god! So I had to get up and show the world that I was in sweatpants. But it was great. It was, it was, it was really cool. Um, and validating and all those things and um, I don't know maybe maybe, maybe the, the cool part of it is that you know while these teams of 20 people from larger corporations and stuff made awesome content and made really cool songs maybe the, the cool thing is that the new this new world of uh, online content and AI and all that stuff allows uh, more people that aren't necessarily organized aren't necessarily super established um, to create something awesome also, that happens to resonate, and so maybe that's maybe it's starting already. <laughs> so there you have it. 
The world of AI is new and strange and ever-growing. The possibilities at this point are endless. People can take AI wherever they want to. We're on the verge of tons of new genres and new tools that'll help make anyone an artist. And I for one can't wait to see what comes out of it. This episode of Unraveled was produced by Rachel Massey. Our associate producer is Taha Hashmani, and our executive producer is Elena Duluigi. Special thanks to John Powers for composing our theme music, and Ben Shelley for creating our podcast artwork. Our professor is Amanda Capito, and special thanks to Lindsay Hanna and Angela Glover.